coat, takes a poop, and the president too, and the fancy grand banker in his three-piece suit, the big fat general and all of his troops, the truth of the matter is everybody poops. Everybody poops. It's a normal, healthy bodily function. But I think we all underestimate its importance until we can't poop. Yep, today on the Parkinson's Road podcast, we're talking about constipation. And yes, I am still your host, Tanya. Everybody poops. Everybody poops. Sure things number more than two. Death and taxes and everybody poops. So you might be asking why I'm doing a podcast on constipation. I realize that this topic is very taboo. Many of us feel it's impolite to talk about it, but constipation is not something we should ignore. If left unmanaged, it can lead to very serious complications. It's my hope that you will realize that if I can get on the internet and talk about poop to strangers, then you can certainly have a conversation with your doctor about it. So let's, first of all, discuss what constipation is. What does it mean to be constipated? Like Parkinson's disease presents differently in each of us, constipation may look slightly different in each of us too. I like the definition as provided by the Michael J. Fox Foundation website. Constipation occurs when bowel movements or stools become less frequent and or more difficult to pass. Some define constipation as less than three bowel movements per week, but what constitutes constipation typically varies from person to person because our usual bathroom patterns differ. Some people go every day, while others may only go three to four times per week. Simply stated, Constipation means you're going less than you normally would go and it's harder for you to finish the job. Constipation is, unfortunately, a very common problem that people with Parkinson's struggle with. Not only is it a common side effect of the medication used to treat Parkinson's disease, it also may be a direct symptom of the disease itself. Parkinson's can cause problems with our autonomic nervous system, which is responsible for regulating smooth muscle activity. These are the types of muscles that help move food through our digestive tract through an action called peristalsis. If that system that controls those muscles is impaired somehow and slows down digestion, we become constipated. So how could you tell if you're constipated? Well, if you're going less than you normally would go, or you may feel like you still have some more to do, but it stops coming out, or you have to push really hard to move your bowels, Mm -hmm. those are all good indicators that you're constipated. And you can also tell by taking a look at your stools before you flush them away. Now, I know that's kind of gross, but really, it is a good way of determining if you're constipated. And the Bristol stool chart is a tool to measure the degree to which you may or may not be constipated. It gives a clear description as to what normal healthy poop should look like versus a constipated poop. In order from one to seven, one being the most constipated to seven being diarrhea, the optimal poop should be number four, type four, sorry. I will include a link on my Facebook page, the Parkinson's Road podcast page, but here's a description of what the Bristol stool chart says. Type one, are hard separate lumps like jelly beans and it's very difficult to pass. Type two is sausage shaped, but it's lumpy and it still hurts to pass. Type three is still shaped like a sausage, but it has some cracks on the surface and it gets a little bit less painful and passes somewhat easier. Type four is a longer, smoother shape and is soft and it should pass with relative ease. Type five are soft blobs with clear edges moving towards being too loose. Type six, are fluffy pieces with raggedy edges and would be a mushy texture. And type seven is watery with no solid pieces. Managing constipation should be a primary concern for all people with Parkinson's. In my opinion, managing constipation should be a concern for everybody. 
I think that everyone has had an episode of constipation in their lives at least once and can appreciate how awful it felt and how much of an impact that it has on your entire life. Being constipated is extremely uncomfortable. Often people relate that they feel sluggish, they get headaches, they have brain fog, your back can ache, it causes bloating cramps and painful gas, and it hurts to try to go to the bathroom because your stools are already hard and you have to really push, which causes you to not want to go as often, which in turn makes the problem worse because by leaving the stool in there, your body has an opportunity to absorb more liquid out of it, making it harder to pass. And chronic constipation can lead to the risk of more serious complications, one of which may be bowel incontinence, along with anal fissures, hemorrhoids, rectal prolapse, and it can even become life-threatening. So how do we treat constipation? Well, the best treatment for constipation is to prevent it from ever happening. I learned that gem in nursing school. (laughs) So you need to be proactive about it. If you think you may have a problem, or if you don't have an issue, these are all things that you can do to make sure that you start going properly and keep going properly. The best thing that you can do to manage or treat constipation is to make sure that you're drinking enough water or clear fluids. Start with six to eight eight ounce servings per day and increase as needed, especially in warmer weather. Caffeinated beverages, unfortunately, really should not be included in this count. Now I understand that for some people, many of us, a cup of joe really helps the go, especially first thing in the morning. But for those of you who are constipated, you really need to make sure that for every caffeinated beverage you have, you add an additional cup of water to counteract the dehydrating effects of caffeine. And you might consider reducing the amount of coffee that you drink in a day and try adding herbal teas or you can even try drinking hot water with lemon in it. Eat foods that promote poop. Eat your leafy greens, prunes, figs, and fruits that are high in fiber. Oatmeal, black beans, if you can tolerate them. Yogurt, sweet potatoes, apples, and chia seeds all contribute to healthy bowel function by their fiber content. Fiber is very important in preventing and in treating constipation. You can also add a fiber supplement to your diet, but please, please, please make sure that if you are eating a high fiber diet or taking a fiber supplement or both, that you consume enough water, otherwise it will make your problem worse. And what I mean by that is by taking a fiber supplement and not consuming enough water, the fiber will just mix with what little liquid is in your bowels and turn to concrete and it will make your problem much, much worse. So you need to make sure that you're drinking enough liquids. My next tip is to get a stool for your stools. By that, I mean a Squatty Potty. Now you don't have to use the brand name product Squatty Potty. A simple step stool will work. What I like about the Squatty Potty itself is the design. It's designed to fit around the bottom of the toilet bowl so it tucks away nice and neat in your bathroom. But a simple step stool that you could get at some, you know, a place like Walmart or whatever will work just fine. The whole point of this is to get your knees above your hips while you're sitting on the toilet and this puts your body into a squat-like position which is the optimal pooping position and it allows your bowels to empty easier reducing straining. The next tip is, you guessed it, exercise. You didn't think that I would leave that off the list, did you? Didn't I tell you that exercise cures everything? Exercise helps constipation by decreasing the time it takes food to move through the large intestines, thus limiting the amount of water absorbed from it into your body, because hard dry stools are harder to pass. In addition, aerobic exercise, well any exercise that gets your breathing and heart rate up, helps to stimulate the natural contraction or peristalsis of your intestinal muscles. Intestinal muscles that contract efficiently help move the poop along quicker. 
And always, always, always try your very best to go when you feel the urge, especially if you're someone who is prone to constipation. Holding it just makes the problem worse. And I appreciate how painful it can be, but it's always best to go when you feel the urge. Now, the whole point of this podcast is to reassure you that talking about constipation isn't something to be embarrassed about. And if you're having problems in the bathroom, it's super important that you let your doctor know about any issues you have early on. If you're engaging in all the right lifestyle habits and still you find yourself straining on the loo, then you may require some additional help. It's important to work with your doctor to discover the underlying cause if they're, if possible. There may be other culprits besides Parkinson's disease or the Parkinson's medication. Rule out any other health problems like hypothyroidism, irritable bowel syndrome, and diabetes, all which can cause constipation on their own. It's important to look at your diet. Foods like chocolate or dairy, especially cheese, can be constipating for many people. And do you take other types of medications like antacids or for allergies, blood pressure medications, antidepressants, or pain control? Any of those medications, especially pain medications, can be extremely constipating and they can it can happen right away. So you need to be on top of it and make sure that you're taking every step you can to prevent getting constipation or making it worse. Now, when we get constipated or we start to feel that that's what's going to happen, we'll often turn to laxatives, which which may work in different ways. Osmotic laxatives like Miralax, which is the brand name, polyethylene glycol is the chemical name, or milk of magnesia, which is magnesium hydroxide, they act to pull water out of your body into the colon to ease constipation. These laxatives are fairly gentle and popular. Then there's stool softeners like Colace, which is also called Docusate, and they are anionic surfactants that help lower the surface surface tension at the oil-water interface of your stool, allowing water and fats to enter and soften the stool, which then helps your body to move it out quicker. Stimulant laxatives like Dulcolax, which is bisacodyl or Senecot, Senecides, and good old castor oil promote muscle contractions in the digestive tract. Now these laxatives, stimulant laxatives, are ones that you must be careful of. They are not recommended for daily use as they can be extremely harsh on your system. And finally, we have enemas or saline laxatives, and these are typically used for extreme cases of significant constipation, and more often than not, they're uh, prescribed or only um, used under the advice of your doctor. I want to reiterate that it's imperative that you do not overuse over-the-counter laxatives, even natural remedies like senicide. They are a laxative and overuse can and will create dependence. Laxatives, especially stimulant laxatives, work by artificially stimulating or irritating the nerves in the large intestine, which then make the muscles contract to move the stools out of your body. But if you use them for too long or at too high a dose, they can actually cause damage to those nerves then your intestines will lose normal function and can no longer evacuate the stool normally. When this happens, it can lead to things like bowel incontinence. So you no longer have the ability to tell when your colon your colon needs to be emptied and your body will eventually just push the, the stools out. So it's much better to just not overuse laxatives and work with your doctor and make all the right lifestyle decisions. I think it's important that I also mention cleanses or detox teas or however you want to call them. But Most of those are simply laxatives in disguise. Now they may provide a short-term benefit, but again, they should not be used long-term. They're laxatives, overuse of them will lead to dependence. So please be extremely careful when you're using these products. During my research for this episode, I came across some interesting facts about poop. So here are eight of them I would like to share with you. Number one, 
Poop is mostly bacteria and not old food. Up to 50 to 80% of it, in fact, excluding the water content. Number two, <laughs> your feces color is the result of a chemical called stercobilin. That chemical ends up in your poop in two ways. It's the byproduct of the hemoglobin in broken down blood, red blood cells, and it also comes from bile, the fluid secreted into your intestines to help digest fat. Without stercobilin, your poop would be pale gray or whitish. Now, if your poop is pale gray or white, it could indicate you have liver disease or a blocked bile duct, and you need to see a doctor if that happens more than just one time. Number three, when Neil Armstrong landed on the moon, he left behind four bags of poop. Number four, there is some emerging research that shows our gut bacteria can influence stress levels and emotional behavior. It really gives a whole new perspective on the phrase, I feel shitty, doesn't it? Number five, even if you don't eat anything, you still poop. Number six, that shooting star you just saw may actually be astronaut poop. <laughs> yep, when you're in space, your poop gets stored in a bag. And when there are a lot of bags, astronauts put all of the bags into an unmanned supply ship. They undock it and it burns up in the atmosphere. Ugh, that's kind of gross. Number seven, the gold standard of poop is a continuous log and it sinks to the bottom of the bowl. If your poop floats, it may indicate that there is a lot of fat content in it, which may be an indicator of malabsorption from disorders like celiac or chronic pancreatitis. Again, if this is something that's occurring frequently, you need to bring this up with your doctor. And number eight, in 2014, the UK launched its first poo bus, which runs on human waste. One tank of gas is made from the equivalent of five people's waste. So as you've heard, constipation is really no joke. If you're having ongoing issues with your bowels, you really need to tell your doctor. I know it's an embarrassing subject to bring up, but please know that your doctor only wants to help you. And trust me, they do not judge you for bringing it up. If you're nervous about bringing it up, consider making a list of issues you're having and putting that on your list and let your doctor read it. Just be prepared to answer some questions about it. Your doctor plays a key role in helping you live as healthy a life as possible while having Parkinson's disease. It's important that you establish an open and positive relationship with them. And remember, shit happens, but when it doesn't, you now know what to do. Some days it's easy, other days it's hard. But if your system's working, thank your lucky stars. Nobody talks about it, not a word is said. But if you're not pooping, then it means you're probably dead. You have been listening to the Parkinson's Road podcast. If you have an idea or topic you would like to hear more about, please leave me a comment on the Parkinson's Road podcast page on Facebook. And don't forget to follow me on Twitter at, you guessed it, Parkinson's Road podcast. I would like to dedicate this episode to my friend, Rich Kigman. Rich, I hope you will rate this one at least a two flusher. And I can't forget to mention the amazing song, Everybody Poops by Audionautics. Are you interested in hearing other great podcasts about Parkinson's? Then check out my good friend John's podcast over at youmeandpd.com. Make sure you tell him that ugly face sent you. I want to thank you for tuning in. And remember that sometimes all you need to feel better about life is a good poop. Death and taxes and everybody poops.